Thank you for tuning in online. Thank you for watching this morning. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a word. I believe it's even in some cases prophetic. And so uh, it also is a teaching moment. And so we've been talking about the Jehovah's two weeks ago, Abraham uh, and Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Uh, the Lord will be our provision, okay, out of Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Last week, out of Exodus, the 17th chapter, Moses and Jehovah Nisi, our banner, our victory, okay? And then today we're going to come, in just a moment, we'll come out of, of Judges. But we'll talk about uh, just the, the way Jehovah, the Lord is, works in all of our lives. And so the reason we named it Do It Again is because that's the word for testimony. If God did it once, he can do it again, right? If he did it for Janie and healed her, he can do it for you. He can do it again. If he did it for Abraham, he can do it for Grace Church. If he did it for Moses, he can do it for you. If he does it for your neighbor or the person you're sitting next to in church today, he can do it for you. He can do it again. If he did it once, he'll do it again. God says he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's no respecter of person. So if he does a miracle for one person, he can do it for another person, or he can do it for body, if he can grow one church, his church, okay, that the gates of hell do not prevail against, he'll grow any life-giving church, a church that calls him Lord and Savior and King. And so God does it again. He's in the do-it-again business. He, that's what he does. That's what he specializes in. So uh, I don't know if you, uh, any, any moviegoers here, like you like to go see a movie or maybe you watch a movie at the house. Jenny likes to watch the Hallmark Channel and Hallmark movies, you know. Hallmark movies are like we, we were getting home late the other day and the, her movie already started. I was like, man, I hope I, I hope I can catch up. I said, honey, Hallmark, <laughs> every movie's the same. Here, here let me tell you. You know, somebody's going to come from New York City and rescue the tree farm, you know. All right, it's going bankrupt, but they're going to be there. And then they're going to fall in love with an old high school, you know, uh, person that they, that, they, that they saw years ago. And then they're going to, it's, it's all going to work out. You know, the end is, is, is still the same. You have, the, you have this, you know, so, it, it, so the Bible's kind of like that in a way. The stories kind of change names, but there's this, there's a, there's this setting. And so, and, and I think we have a screen. Every movie has an intro. It has a setting, has a storyline, it has a plot, has a, a point of view or a message that it's trying to get across, and then has an ending or, or a conclusion. When we read through Judges today, I want you to keep that in mind. In fact, when, after we get through our text and a couple other things, we'll, we'll throw that back up there. But it's the, the intro to a movie. You start to meet the characters. So we'll meet Gideon today. And then there's a setting. And the setting here is that Israel has turned their back on God, and they're, and they're, they're in a wasteland. They're in a, they're, there's no rain. They're in a drought. There's nothing to eat. And, and Gideon's upset about it. And the storyline is God wants to use Gideon. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. The plot is that Gideon doesn't really want to be used by God. It's just like the person in the Hallmark movie that comes from New York to save the, the Christmas tree farm in Nowheresville, West Virginia. They don't really want to be there, but they're there. And sometimes we're not in the place that we want to be. But God has you there for a reason. 
God has you there for a purpose. God has you there so that he can be glorified because nobody else can bring you out except for God, right? And then there's this point of view or the, or the script. There's the, there's the, 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 the key message, right? We, we would say in, in ministry or in preaching, it's the God moment. There's a God moment in your life. There's a God moment that's getting ready to happen in your case. And then, of course, there's the conclusion. There's the end. And so I want you to keep this in mind as we go through the story of Gideon today, as we talk about, and if you haven't guessed by now, it's Jehovah Shalom. It's peace. The Lord is peace. He's peace. And I would have a hard time <laughs> preaching peace, you know, because I think, I think we want to talk about peace. And so all of a sudden we bring it down a little bit. But this message excites me. It, 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 gets me, it gets me going on how God just uses some far out person in a far out place who actually is kind of a coward. He's, he's, he's walking in fear. And maybe you have anxiety in your life and you don't know how God's going to work it all out. I want you to tell you today that God's going to work it out. I mean, you might even have your, your life somewhat forecast. Like, man, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know here's my plan. It's good to have a plan. It's good to have a one-year plan, a five-year plan. It's good to have a plan for, for retirement or a plan for the end of days. But, but God may change those plans. Trust me, I know how God works. And so let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter. And Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at or Orphra, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon was uh, he, beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And some scripture says, Mighty man of war. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Have you ever been there? Like, God, haven't you seen I made it to church on Sunday? Didn't you see me give in the offering? Lord, didn't you, didn't you make note of those prayers that, I, that I've prayed this past week? Why are all these things happening to me? Don't you see that I'm trying, God? I mean, I'm trying to do the best I can. And he says, why are these things happening to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? I mean, where's all those testimonies? How come God can heal uh, Sister Janie? Or how come God can heal somebody else but not heal my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister? How come they got a job? How come they didn't get laid off and I got laid off? How come the Lord took my child home and not their child? What about these testimonies that we're hearing from yesteryear or yesterday or this morning? How, how in the world are these things? Did not the Lord bring us up? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midianites? And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that, as if, that it is you who speak with me. And we're jumping to verse 22. We're not taking out any context, but we're removing some text just for time's sake. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. 
Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace, or Jehovah Shalom. To this day, it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abyssalites. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray today, Lord, if there's anybody in this house or watching online that needs peace, you give them Jehovah Shalom peace, Father. Lord, you know where they're at. You know what they're walking through. You know what they're up against. You know the fear, trepidation, the hesitancy, the anxious spirit, the anxiety. You know those things. So, Father, we pray right here and right now that you allow perfect peace just to settle upon them. Our Lord, come over them. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. And so we look at the place where um, Israel is at. And in the human essence of what we may go through in our life, uh, there's, there's, there's ways of approaching things. And Israel basically has just has bailed out. And so when we, when we look at uh, what behavior scientists say about how we, how we walk through things, they come up with about five different things. And here, here's a screen that you maybe want to take a picture of if you can. I don't have it. Um, if, we can, if you can take a, pic, take a picture of that. Creativity is a sign of genius, okay? So uh, creative people, they just operate in a really cool setting, and they look like they're just, like there's no direction in their life, and they, like, what are these guys doing? So we look at Mozart and Beethoven. We look at Monet and Picasso. We look at uh, maybe like a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates or somebody that they're, they're just a creative genius. And they're, so creativity, behavior scientists will tell us, is a sign of genius. So we also know that God is the creator of all earth, right? God is the creator of everything. And so we, we know that God is the genius of it all. Performance is a sign of prodigy. We'll, we'll talk about these things in just, in just a second. Second, uh, teachability is a sign of intelligence, okay? That's kind of where maybe the church world is at a little bit, and I'll explain that. Pro- uh, productivity is a sign of diligence. Uh, where Israel is at in this particular story with Gideon is waste is a sign of laziness. And so uh, Solomon tells us in Proverbs that it's the slothful, the person who stays in bed all day, the person who doesn't do anything that they come to want, right? The person who gets up early and goes to work, who is diligent, they become very productive. And so Gideon is mad at God and wondering where the testimony is because the whole nation has turned their back on God. Because they turn their back on God, then he's given them the desires of their heart, which is waste, which is which is a low productivity, and, and the things that come along with that. And so maybe you know a lazy person in your life who just doesn't want to work or doesn't want to do anything. They kind of expect things or maybe become entitled. This was the Israel. This is where, this is the setting, all right, of the story is that Gideon is being diligent and productive. He's beating uh, wheat at the wine press, but the wine press is underground. It's downwards 55 degrees because the wine would stay naturally cool there, okay? And they would ferment. But the wheat should have been beaten up on top where the chaff would blow away in the wind of the mountain and the wheat is heavier, it would fall down. But Gideon was a coward. He was afraid of the Midianites. They would come in and kill him. They would take the wheat. He was, he was trying to be diligent, but he, he couldn't. So there's signs. So if you look at uh, maybe a, a pianist like a uh, 
like a Beethoven or a Mozart who writes these complicated uh, musicals. That's, that's their g- creative genius. That, that's what flows in them and through them, all right? Uh, there's probably not a lot of geniuses in different realms, but these guys are. However, the power of the Holy Spirit, the creative genius that created the heavens and the earth, so we believe in intelligent design. We don't believe that this just happened, like there was two planets that collided or two atmospheric pressures that took place. We believe that God spoke and this world existed, okay? Because of that, that same spirit that rose Christ from the grave, he dwells within you. So you have that creative genius that now lives within you. The next thing then, if we have a Mozart or a Beethoven, then then there's a performance that's a sign of prodigy. So uh, we we see sometimes in the uh, in the news where a five year old will just sit down and start playing you know, Beethoven's Fifth on the piano or do, control an, an orchestra or or write music. And it's an amazing thing. But that's that's a prodigy that's not creative, all right? Because they're they're playing that something else that's already been created. But there's a prodigy there. And again, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God that lives within us, we have that opportunity to expound on that. See, we, we hold ourselves a little bit more to the teachability of intelligence, all right? And so if you've learned in school or graduate school or, or, or you know, uh, uh, maybe you've gotten your Ph.D., And so we have different levels of education, and as we walk through those levels of education, we keep learning, and then our intelligence grows. That's a good thing. It's what we do on Sunday when the Word of God is spoken over us, and we learn from it, and we go on the next week, or the Holy Spirit deals with us on our drive to work in the morning, or maybe picking the kids up from school, and the Holy Spirit will drop something in in our spirit, and we think, wow, the Lord is teaching me something. That's a good thing. And then productivity is a sign of diligence. Uh, Solomon said, look at the ants. They have no captain, no leader, but they work all day long to store up food for the winter time and for, and for when it gets cold. These little ants just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. They're, they're diligent, okay? And so now uh, Gideon goes through these scenarios. Gideon is, is in this realm where, where, he, where he's walking through and he understands, first of all, the laziness. And so we're going to walk through the setting or the intro, the setting, all those things as it, was, as it were a movie with Gideon in this story because that's how the Bible presents itself. The Bible presents it in such a way that I want to grasp it and it, and it sets it up for us. So the setting here is that Israel is a wasteland. It's, it's, it's gone. They, they've turned their back on God numerous times. And, 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 this, is, and this is, again, uh, another time where they've turned their back on God. In fact, Judges, the second chapter, and I think the 10th verse, says, and Joshua's generation was gone and nobody knew of his exploits. In other words, he knew just a chapter, two chapters after Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to fear the Lord. You do what you want to do, but we're going to fear God. He dies, and they already forget God. This is how wicked Israel was. So the setting is, or the intro, is there a bad place? The setting is that Gideon is hiding out because he's afraid. He's a coward. And maybe uh, we're, not, we're not calling out cowards, but maybe there's something in your life that fears you a little bit. Maybe you have anxiety over something. Jehovah Shalom wants to come in today and give you perfect peace that passes all understanding. 
He wants to take care of that issue, but we have to trust in God. And so the angel of the Lord comes, and he's hanging out, and he says, he's hanging out at the wine press, and he says, hey, mighty man of war, how are you? And, and Gideon's like, who are you talking to? You can't be talking to me. This is not, this is not even real. Sidebar for a second, this has always been a scripture for, for mine and Janie as far, as far as it relates to ministry. When we were young parents and uh, all four of our kids were at home, the Lord had dealt with me that we were to leave her father's church. And, uh, and she was totally against it at first. And she said, you can go, I'm not. That's how my wife handles the problem. You go ahead and go, I'm not going. And by the way, the kids aren't either. I said, well, all right, but should we pray about it? Well, that's always a catch, y'all. I didn't play the God card, although I believed it was God. I said, well, let's just pray about it. She said, all right, we'll pray about it, but we're not going. Well, that's not really, that's not really praying about it, right? I'll pray about it, but I already know the answer. No, okay. So I had to pray God soften her heart while he was challenging my heart. We didn't want to go. We were completely happy in her parents' church, and God was driving us, and we were growing, and, and God was blessing me in my business, and we were just, it was great. And God just like, hey, I think, I think I'm going to move you on. Like, all right, well, let me, let me be spiritual and tell Janie. She shot me down really quickly. Boom. <laughs> Took a baseball bat to my knees and said, we ain't going anywhere. You can go. And, and so I, let's, let's pray. So we prayed. We prayed long. We prayed five or six, seven, eight, nine months. We prayed. We sought the Lord, and she, she came around. She said, I, I think maybe, maybe God, you know, maybe God is moving us on. I don't, I don't really want to go, but maybe God's moving us on. And so I said, well, let's continue to pray. We prayed. We talked to her father, and he heard from God, too, and says, no, I don't believe it's time. <laughs> so we asked him to pray, and we, we all prayed, and we got peace about it. Well, the morning that we were going to be released from his ministry, we believed it was the right thing to do. He'd call us up and pray over us, and he released us. And, and um, that morning, I was, I was scared to death. Like, I mean, our, that's all our kids ever knew. That's all Janie ever knew. They knew one pastor. That was it. And I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I said, Lord, you gotta, you've got to give me a scripture. I've never asked the Lord for a scripture up until that point in time. God, you've got to give me a scripture. Please give me a scripture. And like a ticker take, I just saw all these scriptures coming across, you know, Romans and Matthew and Joel and Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, praise God. The Lord's giving me a scripture, and it settled on Judges 6 and 12. And I'm like, Judges 6 and 12? I don't want some Old Testament he got, begot, she got. I want, I, don't, I, I need something powerful. And I, I, and I opened up a trucker's Bible that I had. It actually said trucker's Bible on it. No, no, I was reading my trucker's Bible. I, oh, Jerry Kinzer, I was reading a trucker's Bible. And I opened up the Bible and went to Judges 6.12 and it said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of war. And I said, praise God. I ran upstairs. Janie was finishing getting dressed. I said, the Lord gave me his scripture. She said, he did. I said, yeah, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of war. And I was like, I, I think God's with us. Like, I'm not a rocket science. I'm not the sharpest guy in the room, but I, I, know, I do know when God's talking to me. Here it says right here, the Lord is with you. And so we got the kids ready, and we went and blessed. And it's been a scripture of ours. I've testified about that. I won't go any further. But this particular scripture, I kind of know where Gideon was at. Gideon was, he's afraid. He, like, how, how's this thing going to work out? And I want to tell you, it's, it's okay to be concerned, 
Don't let it morph into being fearful. Don't let, be, don't let it morph into being uh, not, not where it robs and steals your faith. So we're, we're at the setting of Gideon is, is, is here, and, and he's fearful. And here's this angel. First of all, an angel just shows up. How does that happen? An angel shows up and says, oh, Jamie, you mighty man of war. And Jamie's like, me? Really? Not you. I mean, you would, you, you'd be like, yeah, that's right. That's right. You said it right. You called me out, angel. And, and he calls you by name. And he says, you mighty man of war. Are you ready? And so the first thing that happens, and this is the first thing that we do, is we start to make sense of things. We start to make, we start to excuse through our complaining. If I'm a mighty man of war, why am I down here at the wine press? Lord, if you called us out, why are you doing this? Lord, if you told me that I have to change this, Lord, if you laid me out, if you, if you, if you, if the sickness is taking place, Lord, why is it me? And it's like the angel of the Lord doesn't even Look at him, but the storyline. So we're going from introduction to setting to storyline. The storyline is, is Gideon starts to say, if this is true, why does all this thing happen to us? Why in the world am I going through this? Why in the world does this have, take place to me? Why did I get, and listen, you're talking to a person who's had relationship issues, financial troubles, gotten laid off, all different kind of things in his young life. God, why is this happening to me? And maybe that's your question today, too. Maybe you're saying, God, why is this happening to me? Why has my wife fight, fought cancer for the last 20 years? Or why is she on her third round of this? Or why is this taking place? God, why is this happening to me? And I think we lose out on the bigger picture. The angel of the Lord, he's like right there. And then the angel of the Lord says this. Go in that might of yours, mighty man. It's like the angel of the Lord. So we move quickly to the plot. The, the plot is this, God knows where you're at, but God knows where you're going. See, we don't always know where we're going in this situation. God does. God, and he says, go in your might. So he keeps speaking life into it. And I, I want to tell you this, that we need others to speak life into us sometimes. It's important for you to speak life into your kids it's important for you to speak life into your loved ones, those people, family members or friends. It's important to speak life into situations where you know, hey, God's got, like, for a second, uh, Aiden, there you are, Aiden Hager. I, I, I don't know what, but the, I mean, I just, I, again, I can't explain it. I can only see it. On, and it like, God's got something great for you, man. You're going to graduate in December. Give him a hand. He's going to graduate in December. That's beautiful. He, he's, he's done work for, our, but I like, I see, like, I see business owner. I see, like, I see, like, you're, you're telling others what to do. And that's always a good thing, by the way, telling others what to do and then profiting from them. I, I see, I just, I can't explain it, but I'm going to call it out that, and you don't need words of affirmation because you get it from mom and dad and you get it from other people, but God's got something on your life. He, like, something special, man, something really cool. So I want you just to own that. For But see, this is what the angel's doing to Gideon, and he's unlike Aiden. Aiden doesn't need it. This, Gideon needs it. And maybe you're in a place where you just need someone to speak into you. Would you, if nothing else, let the word of God speak into you. Let a Sunday morning speak into you. Let, let something take place. And so we see the storyline, and then, then there's the plot. God has a need. He chooses to use people. 
He had a need for salvation. He chose to use his son, Jesus Christ. He has a need in society. He chooses to use people. The problem is sometimes people turn their back on God. And this is what Israel did. They get turning their back, turning their back, turning their back. And so we move from plot then to we move to this point of view. But I will be with you. And this is, the, this is the heart of God, that no matter whatever we walk through, whether it's a, a sickness, whether it's a, an infirmity, whether it's something that we've done in the past and we just cannot get over it, we just can't get, we just got to drop it. We have to let it go like the song, goodbye fear, goodbye shame, goodbye guilt, goodbye all those things. This is the new me. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Better is he that is in me than he is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He, he created me for this. And by the way, suffering is a gift. Well, Pastor, I don't believe in that. Well, I hope you don't have to walk through it. But suffering is a gift. Sometimes grace allows us to go through suffering. We've been part of the blessing and high faith community for so long, which I believe in, but we've downed people who actually walk through some things, heavy things on earth, that there's suffering and they're walking through them. There's a sickness that they can't get the healing over. There's something, and they feel lesser in the Christian community because you're riding the high wave. We have to reach our hand down and pick those people up and say, I'm walking with this uh, through you with this because you're a child of the living king. See, we, we have to be careful that, and this is, again, where Gideon's at. This is, the, this is the point of view that God is with us no matter where we're at. God likes to walk with us, and he likes to take us by the hand, and he doesn't pick us. He doesn't come down. He comes down for a moment, but then he picks us up to another level. He does that in Exodus, the third chapter, verses seven and eight. He says, and I will come down. He said, I am, and I will. I'll come down, and I'll pick you up, and I'll take you into a new land, a good land, flowing with milk and honey. And Israel, again, kept turning their back. And Gideon, now, he's starting to gain some strength. He's starting to get to that point where, man, maybe I can do it. Maybe I, may, maybe I am the guy. And then we learn the conclusion of the situation. Let's go to verse 24 one more time, Anthony, if we can. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abyssalites. The Lord is Peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is Peace. Now here's, here's what we learned the last couple of weeks, that after, and don't miss this part. This is, this is the best part. That after Abraham sacrificed, Consider sacrificing Isaac, all right, his promised child, and the Lord gave him a ram in a thicket, which is a, a type of Christ, a, a shadow of what's to come. Then after that takes place and he says the Lord will provide, he makes an altar and calls it Jehovah Jireh. And then last week we learned that Moses, remember David was up here and had his arms raised though, though for 25 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. Thank you, Dave. Uh, I'm glad you're, you're healed and stronger this week than you were last week because of the good preaching Wherever you're at. Yeah. He's, <laughs> oh, there, there you are back there. And so, um, but we learned that Moses, after the victory was won, he says, Jehovah, right? Nisi, banner, all right, this banner. And so they both, he built an altar. But here Gideon builds an altar. Listen to me. He built an altar before the battle. See, it's easy to have peace after everything's really good. 
and you're sharing with someone, here's, how, here's what you do, need to do, this is how you're going to make it through, here's how it's going to, and, and we have to have compassion with the person and say, wait a second, here's, here's how God gave me peace going through it. And this is what Gideon, this is the brilliance, this is the genius of Gideon. This is the creative genius. This, he doesn't wait until after. Come on back, worship team. He doesn't wait until after he gets peace. He actually makes an altar of peace before. And when, and when you realize the altar of peace in your life, the before, before the answer's on the way, before things become true, before things become sure, before the bank account is full, before the relationship is restored, and you have perfect peace that God's got this. I think Janie shared uh, a few weeks or months ago about some things in our family that took place like four or five years ago, and the Lord gave her a word, God's got this. All right, and then peace came upon you just instantly. The situation never changed, but peace came. And the peace, when peace comes, it's supernatural. But when peace comes, then all of a sudden these things take place. Let's go to Philippians 4, and we're going to read 6, 7, and 8, and 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace, everybody say peace. This is Jehovah Shalom. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, everybody knows this one. Finally, brothers, whatever are true, honorable, just, pure, whatever is lovely, uh, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And what? The peace of God will be with you. So let's let's give that last screen up there. Uh, these are some things that will help you gain peace in your life. That based on Philippians, though we just read, four chapters, six through nine. Prayer and gratitude. So when I pray, if I have an attitude of gratitude and an attitude of, of thanksgiving, Lord, I'm not gonna complain to you. Gideon started off complaining and the angel just dodged it all together. You mighty man of war, you're gonna go in this might that you already have. It's like what we have is already inside of us. God's just wanting to bring it out of us. He's wanting to take it out of us. Prayer and gratitude. So I'm, I'm gonna pray and I find myself more and more, maybe it's the older I get, I go outside and I'm just thanking God. I wake up in the morning, God, I just thank you. I thank you for this day. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. I thank you for our church. I thank you for my family, my extended family. Thank you for my friends. I thank you for the people that we can fellowship with and we get to do church with. Lord, I thank you. Now I start to pray for people in our congregation that I know are going through things. Like, would you, Lord, bless this person? His wife needs a miracle. Would you bless this person? There, They have a, a horrible thing happen in their family. Lord, would you bless this person? They're, they're going in for an operation this week. Lord, would you bless this people? And then I think my, I make my thinking right. And so what, what Philippians 4 and 8 says, I got to start thinking on these things. I can't be thinking about vengeance. I can't be thinking about doubt. I can't be thinking about fear because that is counterintuitive to what God wants me to think. It's not a message of just positive thinking. It's a message of right thinking. It's a message of spiritual, scriptural thinking. I'm going to start pouring into God's word as God pours his word into me. So then I apply God's word to my life. All right, you said, 
I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Lord, you said I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last. I'm the lender, not the borrower. God, you said these things. And I've said these things for years. When, when it didn't look like it was going to work out, the only thing I really had was that just that thread of hope. I would apply God's word to my life. And then last but not least, and this is found in Romans 15, I trust God. Stand with me today. Because I think it's important that we understand that when we apply the scriptures to our life, it becomes life-giving to our spirit. It becomes a word of knowledge to us. And Gideon understood this. And then Gideon's got to go knock down all the Baal worshipers. And you know the end of the story. He, he becomes, a, he, they, they win the battle with, with just some lamps and some jars. Like you're, you're going to go to a fight. You're not going to take a candle in a glass jar. You break the jar and all of a sudden in the enemy runs but it happens all at one time it happens and then Gideon becomes a judge of Israel so this guy who's the least in his family and his family is the least of all Israel is like he's nobody there's nothing there all of a sudden he becomes the judge of all of Israel and he's in the faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11 chapter how does that happen because he had perfect peace knowing that he would trust God and God would work it out. So if you're comfortable, just raise your hands this morning. I want to pray for you. And in the next few moments when we sing this last song, if you want to spend time at the altar, you can. If you want to just spend time at your seat, you can. If you just say, Lord, I need peace over this area, I want you just to explain to God. Just express to God, if you're watching online, express to God, Lord, I need more contracts. Lord, I need more sales. God, I need a, a stronger relationship. God, I need a new relationship. God, I need a new job. Lord, I need promotion on my job. God, I need, I need my kids to come back home. God, I need my wife healed. God, and when you start expressing and then ask the Lord, pray till you get breakthrough and ask the Lord to give you peace in that situation, knowing that he has in control like Janie did four years ago in her bedroom. God, you've got to handle this situation. And instantly, God said, I got this. And the peace, Jehovah Shalom, peace that passes all understanding came into our life. So, Father, I pray right now, as our, our friends you know, during this congregation, those watching online are praying for peace over a situation. Lord, you, you have the direction. Lord, you, you know it's go, how it's going to work out. So I pray right now, Father, a perfect peace that passes all understanding in their lives, in their situation, in their homes, in their relationship, in their finances, whatever it has, whatever you have for them, you give them that perfect peace. We ask Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Keep praying, keep worshiping. Ask the Lord to give you peace over that situation.
serve a good God and he loves you so much and you are a part of that plan that he is writing in this history of the universe. It's easy to look at the life of Gideon at a glance or any of these guys we've been talking about, Joshua or Abraham, and think, wow, these guys must have been something special because the pages of history and the Bible just like Gideon just heard from God and he was obedient, he won battles. But Gideon was an average guy, and he was afraid to just do his job in broad daylight because he thought something bad might happen to him. He was not this powerful man of faith that we might just think. You know, he, yeah, he turned out all right, but you might be here today and thinking, you know what, I know that God wants me to do something. Maybe he wants me to step out in faith and, you know, take an action and do something for him, but I'm just scared. I'm not, I'm not like these guys that we read about in the Bible. Well, as a matter of fact, I think you are, you know, maybe you're not as scared as Gideon. Maybe you're more or less, I don't know. You know, maybe you don't have the same attributes as some of these guys we're talking about, but the truth is that God has a plan for your life. It is written throughout the pages of history. First Peter tells us that long before the world was formed, he had a plan for you. And that plan was Jesus, to save you and to redeem you and to set you free and to have eternity and have eternal life with you. So as we close in prayer, I just want to remind you, you might be thinking, I want to take a step of faith, but I'm scared. Gideon reminds us, as your pastor reminded us, that our God is Jehovah Shalom. He is peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He will lead you as you step in faith, walking in Him, you're going to be all right. Amen. How many of you believe that today? How many of you receive it? You're in God's hands. Amen. I'm going to close it in prayer, but then I hope that all of you walk out of those doors and turn right and go to that VIP booth and sign up to help out in an area of ministry. All right. It's going to be good. I, I, so just get whatever ministry you want to do, whether it's media, media is spelled K-I-D-S. Did you know that? You just write that right next to the thing, security. We're also going to spell that K-I-D-S today. All right, special needs. That's just, just right. If you're not sure, just put whatever. It's going to be good. <laughs> All right, so go out there and sign up to help wherever you are feeling led to serve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are with us on this journey, and we are in good hands because we are in your hands. You created the whole world. Lord, so for anyone that's dealing with anxiety or fear or depression, Lord, I pray against that spirit of fear because it's not from you. And I release a power and love and a sound mind. I pray the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to fill each heart and each person here. Lord, that as we step out in faith like Gideon or these uh, giants of the faith that we read about in the Bible, we would understand that they are normal people and we are normal people. And we can do extraordinary things with our supernatural God empowering us to do what you've called us to do. So help us to take the step of obedience 
putting all fear aside and walking in the peace that you give us. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Hope to see you at one of the small groups this week, or we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.